Welcome back to another Pocket Pod series. Pocket Pod is a series where my sister Rachel and I make pocket sized podcasts that fit seamlessly into your busy lives. And today is a very special episode. This is our first episode where we have a guest. Uh, so, here with us, we have Dr. Erin Richmond. Uh, she has received her MBA from the University of Florida and her PhD from the University of Georgia in psychology. Uh, so right now she works as the Senior Director for Student Success Initiatives at the University of Florida. But not only does she work as an administrator, she also teaches various psychology courses. So thank you for being here with us, Erin. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Uh, so Erin, when I was texting you, I texted you a couple different topics that we were going to talk about potentially. And you gravitated towards this t- uh, topic, which is burnout. Uh, what drew you so quickly to want to talk about this topic? That's a great question. Um, I would say for the part of why I was drawn to this topic is um, for two reasons. One, um, I manage large teams and those teams um, have in the last couple of years with COVID and with um, just the pressures that have been put on students and higher education, which is the, the sector in which I work. Um, we see a lot of burnout and we see a lot of turnover. And so it's an ongoing challenge for people in leadership roles to figure out how to um, restore wellness in our teams um, and how to give our, our folks time um, to, re- to regenerate. Um, but then also myself, I've been there myself um, in my professional career at different times feeling, feeling burnout. So um so personally, but then also professionally thinking about, uh, I've given a lot of thought to it. And this is where I'm very thankful that I have a psychology background because um, in my leadership role, I'm able to kind of take that psychology hat, put it on and think about, okay, what do, what do I need to do as a leader to create the circumstances that help my, to help my teams um, avoid burnout and stay engaged in their work? And would you mind giving us a quick definition of what burnout is? Sure. So um, there's, there, I would say there's, there's a couple different terminologies that we could use to describe a phenomenon of, of not feeling good about, about work. Right. And so burnout is, I would say on the, on the, um, edge of the continuum where you have someone who is not productive at work, um, they may be reporting stress, um, they might have loss of sleep increased substance abuse issues, but, but, but what you see at work, um, in their work is less commitment to work. So more absenteeism. So you have a, a sniffly nose, you you call out, you don't go into work that day. Um, so smaller things become bigger things that, um, that draw you away from work more easily. Um, you might be actively looking for other jobs while you're at work, even, um, and actually leaving your job. So burnout, um, the, everything I just named are some behavioral expressions of that. But, but really, when, when you see employees who we would refer to as burned out, it's people who care about their work, people who at one time were passionate about their work, but are overextended and have, have gotten past a point of tiredness to the point of burnout. Uh, and it's kind of a, it's, it's a um, not great place to be 
for people who care, who truly care about their work and were once invested in it. It's, it's, it's cognitively, a person is cognitively aware that they're in a different frame of mind than they were in the past. When you're watching someone go through the spectrum of burnout, have you intervened at different times along the spectrum? And have you found that there's uh, certain points where you feel like is an optimal point to have an intervention with somebody to try and address um, this progression towards burnout before they reach to that point? Absolutely. Um, So number one, encouraging, uh, I'd say when I'm identifying that somebody is on the brink of becoming overtired at work, which is easy to do in the, in the line of work that I'm involved in. Um, when I see someone on my team that I'm a leader, that I have a leadership role to, um, I ask them like, when, when are you taking off work next time? What do you, when do you have something on the horizon that we can plan some time? What can I do to step in and relieve you um, so that you can get a breather at work? Like I, I'll come and take your duties over for the day so that you can have a breather and have some downtime. And and I've just experienced that recently with a couple of folks on my team um, who, who vocalized, you know, that they were, they were hitting the wall mentally. So the intervention to me is as soon as I see that sign of burnout in, in my team member, I am going to them. And I'm offering them relief, whether that's encouraging them to take a day off, a week off, time off, look ahead. I mean, one of my employees, I said, you're going to Japan in six months. Great. Let's plan those three weeks now. Let's get them on the calendar so that that person knows, hey, the the edge of the pool is coming. I'm going to keep pulling in the water through the pool, but I I know the edge is out there and I'm I'm shooting for that. So um, and then there's people who I'd say at the at the very edge of it, that's that they're beyond overtired. And and for those folks, it's a different type of intervention. It's not just, hey, take some time for yourself. It's maybe we need to find a different um, fit for you at work because you you just can't continue in this current role, but you're good, you're a good team member and you're committed to the organization. We don't want to lose you to the organization. Let's find a different slot for you to fill in on change their duties up, basically change, maybe the team that they're part of. A lot of those things make a lot of sense when you verbalize it. um, And they all sound very good in practicality. I think the problem that we see in medicine, um, especially with physicians and nurses is this Mm -hmm. sense of guilt, um, especially when uh, roles are taken away from you or people offer well, I actually don't really see this often where they offer you to take time off. But like, for example, if I have to take a doctor's appointment, there's a certain sense of guilt that I feel to leave work early um, or even take a day off just to take care of myself because I feel like my responsibilities then fall on somebody else. Um, hmm. How do you how do you deal with people who have that mindset? Um, I think I, I can speak from outside the health um, sector. Um, but I have a a set of high achieving people on my team. And I think it's, it's part of, it's part of a mindset that comes from people who are high achieving, who understand complexity and understand that, Hey, when I step out of this, somebody else is picking up my slack and, and, and understands the sort of ripple effect of doing things. And, and the, the difficulty with high achievers is that you end up in roles where a lot is expected of you. And 
Um, but then you also, as high achievers, put a ton of pressure on yourself to be perfect all the time. Um, and, and anything less than 100%, 110% uh, performance level, it feels like failure to high achievers. And so it's, it's kind of a toxic mix. Um, and, and I'd say it's, and then, and then you add in the healthcare sector to that where hours, I mean, there's just an endless number of hours that can be worked and an endless number of patients that can be seen. And, and the culture of, of the healthcare sector, I think mixed with a lot of high achievers who tend to be drawn to the medical field, whether as nurses, nurse practitioners, um, physicians, and it, and it becomes almost a, a symbiotic and dysfunctional relationship, um, then you see a lot of, of burnout and a lot of um, health consequences to, to, those, um, to those folks staffing in, in the medical field. Yeah, it turns out the medical field does have a high burnout rate. Uh, I know we talk about it a lot in school right now. Um, and one of the things we have talked about before is the importance of self-care and the importance of a good support system. So do you think that either of those are better than the other? I know they're both important. Is one better to focus on or is there a way that maybe the managerial staff can help uh, creating a good support system? All of that. Um, I'd say they're... I mean, I'd say they're all important. And then I'd say uh, the managerial staff or the organization as a whole has to place a priority on the wellness of the employees. Um, what we know, and there's lots of research out there that's published about when an organization, especially healthcare organizations, from the top down, from the CEO level through middle management down to the front line, um, is committed to wellness and models that. Uh, you see better results in the staff. You see the staff taking it, taking their own self-care more seriously. Um, and so to your question, is there something that the managerial staff can do? It's the managers, managers, managers that have to do that. It has to be part of the culture of the organization. And at the bare minimum, yes, the manager, the managerial staff has to do it. Um, and, and a great manager can create that for their team, but hopefully it's the organization creating the culture that allows and, and promotes and encourages managers to create that for their teams. Not just it's an exception that a manager happens to be good and does it for their team, but that the whole organization values and incentivizes wellness among its employees, mental and physical, as, as mental as much as physical, especially for healthcare workers. Um, so that, that touches on one part of your question. The other part is um, having a support system and self-care that's just on the individual themselves. And that is, those are equally important. Uh, you have to have a support system both in work and outside of work. And, and it's important to distinguish those because at work, those folks that you connect with at work help you reconnect to your purpose um, Gallup has done research uh, showing that when you have a friend at work, you're more likely to stay with your organization. You're more likely to stay with that employer because you have a social network built in. And so, so having the connection and the support system at work, but then also having family, loved ones, significant others, whoever, um, who support you and understand your work and your passion for that, help you reconnect to your purpose is, is tantamount. Uh, the the self care is just a whole nother um, 
aspect to that, which is mental and physical wellness, uh, which we could talk about uh, in a whole podcast unto itself. Since we defined burnout, could could you at least quickly define wellness? And then uh, in that same breath, maybe just like, as you see somebody reversing in their direction on the spectrum, how do you start to notice that um, employees or people who you're working with are now engaging in wellness or, and are more well in their mental and physical health? I think um, as a, as a, as a leader or manager, you get to know your team. First of all, you know, human beings on your team and you know what their normal healthy baseline is. You hired them for something you saw in them. Right. And so when, when you have that, when you know your team, you know what their spark is, you know, what drives them, you know, what motivates them. And so if you see that, go away. You see their smile, smiling. If they're a smiley person and they're smiling less, that's, that's, I'm I'm thinking of people I've worked with, you know, where I'm like, wow, that person is not smiling like they normally do. There's something going on. I mean, your, your spidey sense as a leader tells you there's something going on with that person. Um, And so, you know, as a manager, you look for deviations from from what you know is true about that person at when they're at their baseline average and when they're at their best versus being at their worst um in terms of wellness and defining wellness i think you can come at that a number of ways um you know at work we define we we would define that as being engaged in your work being engaged and and feeling energetic about your work Gallup defines engagement as um, caring about your work, showing up to work, feeling productive at work, um, and uh, being connected to your purpose as well. And so, but if we, if you think of wellness larger than that, um, and just holistic wellness of human beings in general, um, I think of wellness as getting enough sleep at each 24 hour cycle. You know, we all have circadian rhythms and talking to two people in the healthcare field. So uh, this is language you're, you shouldn't be foreign to you, but uh, you know, in a 24 hour cycle, we should be getting seven to eight hours of sleep as, you know, 22 year old plus people. Um, and we should also be drinking and eating enough in that and having enough nutritional balance in that time period. And then as well, getting enough sunlight during that time period getting enough physical activity during that time period. So when in, in, you know, I've known a lot of therapists in my life and one said to me um, probably 20 years ago, you know, the, the signs of mental wellness that she looks for in her patients is, you know, are you sleeping enough? Are you eating right? Um, are you exercising? And and think of that as happening for consecutive days in a row, 24 hours circadian cycle. And if those things are off and, and, or, or in the converse, let's say a person is sleeping, is exercising, is eating right, and their mood is still depressed or their mood is still highly anxious, then, then we would be talking about what kind of intervention should we be looking at? Are we looking at a, you know, talk therapy or, um, you know, medicine, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. That was great. Uh, Rachel, what do you think you took away from this episode? 
Uh, from this episode, I think I'm going to take away that it's really important to find a workplace that harnesses a culture of wellness. Um, that'll help you a lot in your journey in the work field um, and making sure that it's you don't burn out as fast. Uh, it's really important to take care of yourself, have a good support system. And yeah, this was a good episode. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm really fortunate that I really enjoy my colleagues and the department that I work in. And it really it helps dealing with the type of traumatic stuff that I see on a regular basis. It makes it a lot easier when you like your colleagues and you have a supportive environment. Uh, but Aaron, you, you were uh, very thorough and very prophetic in the way you talked, um, very gripping to listen to. You clearly explained a couple definitions that I think are buzzwords that people have been using commonly, especially over the past decade um, at the high school level, at the collegial level, and even at the graduate level. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I think we really thank you for bringing some light to it and explaining it really clearly for everyone. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we're going to have you back this time uh, next week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll have my people talk to your people. We'll set it yeah, up. We'll get in touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys. Good chatting with you. You too. Bye. We'll see you Bye. next time.